And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to a special edition of Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. I'm joined by... Mark. Sheen Washable. Yep. Kyle. The Red Baron. Meow. And special guest, Jack. Jack Baker. And Naomi. Adler. From Litchfield Distillery. So we're glad to have you guys on. We've been trying to get this set up for a while now. Super excited. Yeah. And first distillery on the show. This is very uncomfortable. (laughs) Just hold the mic. Do one of these. (laughs) Do the... Dick Van Dyke the type bar of thing. stool. The bar, yeah, the bar stool. But um, yeah, it's our first distillery show. We're here in Litchfield, Connecticut. Obviously, we feel um, honored. Yeah, we're we're glad to be on. Um, so start off. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, a little bit about the distillery. And obviously, we're we're in Litchfield, Connecticut, as I said. Um, what's your guys's? What's like your total portfolio? What's it? What's it looking like? Uh, we have about 14 SKUs now. We've got our our, uh, our straight bourbon whiskey, uh, which is a three-year-old bur- bourbon whiskey now. Uh, we have a uh, vanilla bourbon whiskey. Um, we add some uh, natural vanilla extract and put a vanilla bean in every bottle. Still a bourbon up front. Nice uh, vanilla uh, overtones. We have a maple bourbon uh, finished in a cast that had maple syrup in it. It's a longer story behind that. Coffee bourbon. We think that was the first coffee bourbon on the on the market. Um, my previous lives, I was involved in coffee, and we married the, the two businesses, coffee and bourbon, together. Vodkas, seasonal fruit vodkas made uh, flavored with uh, fresh local fruit and gins, occasional barrel finished gin. That's pretty much it. The, the barrel aged gin. It's got to be like my favorite clear spirit ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, uh, so good. Yeah. Awesome. The, so, Naomi, I've been in the, the liquor industry for seven years. I worked at a pack, big package store for five years, the distribution side for two, and uh, I, I've had a lot of bourbon. Big fan. <laughs> Thank you. Big fan of this product line. I've helped push it many times. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. <laughs> and a happy customer is our best uh, ambassador. Well, I know, I know from my experience in the stores that I've worked in that you guys have reached a point now where we're no longer hand selling it in those stores that customers know what they're, they're getting mm-hmm. and they come in and it's, it's not a, Oh, this is made in Connecticut. Let me try it out. It's like a, it's a first choice now. Mm-hmm. And so you guys have, you guys have done a real good job with your, with your product. And it's definitely, well, that's definitely a, you know, uh, when, when we get to that point, that's, that's where we need to be, where we, we are a real brand. Uh, we're not a novelty brand. Uh, we make really good bourbon. We grow great grains in Connecticut, and those great grains make uh, great bourbons. Yeah, Naomi showed us around the, the facility. Yeah, we got a peek. Yes. Yeah, we got a peek around at the the barreling side of things. Because Jack was late. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were early. Yeah, okay. They, we they were, were early. they were a little early today. <laughs> so those were, we were early. You're never late because I'm usually late. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but um. So you showed us the the barreling side of things, yes. And you guys said you're getting ready to finish bottling off your ten year, right? 
Uh, probably in the next year or two, we're going to be completely out of our tenure, yeah. I believe. Yeah, when we when we were starting uh, the distillery in the planning stages, we had uh, engaged Donald Schneider from Buffalo Trace to be uh, our consultant and uh, teach us some of the ropes in the industry. And uh, we were looking for some aged spirits uh, to have to, for our, our consumers while ours were coming of age. And Donald called us up one day and he said he knew of 250 barrels of the best six-year-old bourbon in the country coming uh, being released. Not, not a Buffalo Trace product, but from another distillery. And um, and that we should buy it. So uh, in about a three-minute conversation, we spent about half a million dollars on the bourbon. And at that point, when by the time we had, that six-year-old was an eight-year-old by the time we had gotten our licenses and up and running here. And again, it you know it does have a uh, you know we will use it up. Its uh, customers are again you know that's uh, a great seller for us. So there is a point where we won't have any more of the 10-year, but then we will have, you know, five, six-year-old bourbons of our own at, by that point, which was our plan. So we thought it was a superb bourbon. We thought our customers would love it, and they do, and we're happy to be able to offer it. Half a mil in three minutes. <laughs> just, just on booze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like a Stanley Cup celebration. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> just We just don't have 500000 to throw around. If we did. Loaded up the cart, had to put it back. <laughs> I think Jack's always told me that uh, the very next day they actually got an offer from somebody else to buy it, I think for almost twice what they paid for it. No so kidding. they yeah, could have just yeah. said, well, maybe let's not open the distillery. Let's just flip bourbon around, make a yeah. good make, make Yeah, good that's that got You've got to be like the only game in town for that bourbon flipper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that would make like TLC or the, the <laughs> shopping network maybe. Like the, you New know, show like the, coming in the next year yeah. or so, bourbon flippers. Yeah, bourbon flippers, <laughs> that'd be great. Especially like in Connecticut. Yeah. No one would think you'd be running yeah. a business up here for bourbon flipping. Well, I mean, it shows you the supply and demand for aged spirits. You know, you can't make an eight-year-old bourbon today. It takes you eight years to make yeah. it. Right. And once those volumes that were available were, were sucked up, uh, other people are trying with the same strategy of us to have a, a, a nice bourbon while theirs were coming of age. Either you bought it for what it was out there for and, and just tried to build, you know, develop your brand around it, or you didn't have it. So, right. yeah. And like you said, I mean, it, it takes time to do it. I mean, I've heard stories of distilleries that have had barreling facilities go up in flames from wildfires and such and lose. Hmm. Actually, I think it happened last year to a, a distillery in Kentucky. They had a big collapse. Yeah, they had a big collapse in their, yeah. their, bo- their barreling. Not only did it collapse first, it collapsed a second time, and they lost the rest of their barrels. And about two weeks ago or so, yeah. some of their you know million-gallon mash tons broke and flooded the streets. So yeah. they've had some hard luck. They've had a rough year, <laughs> and I... It's something that you never want to see in this industry, and you really hope it doesn't happen to you, but seeing it happen to somebody else is scary. You're like, oh, I never really considered that happening. And when you see it to a big guy... Yeah, well, I wonder if it's like a catch-22 for them, because like, it really put their name out there, and their, their <laughs> stuff really started flying off the shelves. People were like, oh, oh, I just saw this place on the news. i got to buy this. And they're like, oh, this is actually not bad for the price point. And yeah, get it before it falls down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so let, can I tell you a little bit how Naomi's here? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, of course, because uh, she won't tell her own story probably because she's uh Why not? Bashed. We heard but, the forklift uh, story. Uh, well, I guess you've been here almost three years. Three years uh, in April. She um, wandered through the door about three years ago or a little bit before that and said she was just finishing up her chemical engineering degree at UConn and she was looking to do some uh, apprenticeship or, or internship during the summer. 
Uh, so we, we hired her, gave her a real job, and her job was to follow us around and document all our procedures into a proper plant manual because during your startup, you're just evolving, evolving, evolving. And we were starting to get dialed in and thought we should document everything. So her first job was to create our plant manual. Uh, our head distiller at that time, uh, James, uh, was leaving. And uh, so by the time she was done creating that plant manual, she had learned to do everything. So she can run this whole plant all by herself. She can unlock the door in the morning, uh, mash, ferment, distill, whatever needs doing. And uh, so she's a great asset to us. We're lucky to have her. And as you guys almost noticed tonight, I even like to lock up the door at times, which when <laughs> else is coming in. But I wanted to gain some hands-on experience. I had been a recent graduate, and I didn't have a lot of time during my studies to get a lot of hands-on experience in the industries. I went to UConn, which is more of a research institute or a research university. So it's great if you want to go into research. Right. Not so great if you want to be more of a practical engineer. Mm. And I came here on a tour with my dad and my sister for the holidays, wanted to get some locally made products. Pretty much reminded me of my classes, had some flashbacks to that. It looked interesting and seemed, you know, got to be up moving about. And as Jack said, I've learned how to do everything here. And they've... When James left, I didn't really have another plan after that, so I just kind of have been staying with them since then. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Just kind of came in and took over. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that. <laughs> we always wonder who the boss is here. <laughs> so what's your favorite product from your line? Well, I mean, our straight bourbon whiskey, I think, is... Uh, you know, what we really had a vision of when we started, a really good bourbon made with, with local grains that, that we could all be proud of, that not only we could be proud of, but our community, Litchfield, could be proud of. Um, you know, we our, our, one of our original slogans was we looked around these beautiful rolling hills and said, boy, I wish we could bottle this. So we did. So um, just bringing a, a Connecticut-grown, Connecticut-made product to market in its purest form as that straight bourbon whiskey is is our best seller and is probably the one I'm most fond of. I don't usually like to tell people my favorite before they've had a chance to taste it because I always feel as though it's going to influence them. <laughs> um, I had never really had bourbon before I'd started here, so this is pretty much it set the bar very high. <laughs> uh, but I I love our vodka a lot. It is by far the best vodka I have ever had, and I'm still getting a little more acquired to more bourbon flavor. Even better than UV blue? <laughs> there is no comparison here. <laughs> no one remembers drinking UV blue. <laughs> you remember the next morning. <laughs> but I, I'm i a big fan of our flavored bourbons. I love vanilla as a flavor, so I really like our vanilla bourbon. Makes some really good cocktails. It does. Great Manhattan's. Yeah. I, I've done quite a bit of experimenting <laughs> with the flavored bourbons. I made a hot chocolate with the vanilla in the coffee one time. That was so good. It was like <laughs> we put, we'll it just goes down like water, and then by the fourth one, it's there's no more hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So then you just start drinking bourbon. I've done that one too. Put a little of the cinnamon bourbon in there. And now it's mm. got a little bit of a spice. It's almost like a Mexican hot chocolate. It goes really nice. <laughs> <laughs> cocktail list. We got to get that going. Post it. I think there was that. There was a cocktail list somewhere in here. I saw it. We, yeah. We, go ahead. Uh, we have like a listing online on our website. Uh, some of our kind of craft cocktails that you can make with any of your spirits. But in the distillery, we have little brochures that have about three recipes per card for our gin or vodka and our bourbon. And on the back of them is sort of our signature cocktail, which is called the Litchfielder. And the Litchfielder 
you know, named for us is featuring our standard bourbon, the one Jack was talking about, with a little bit of lemon and maple syrup. And then not to set up like the most perfect segue ever, but that goes right into you guys have the canned, the two canned products. Yeah, we did. Which it. one of is the Litchfielder, right? Right, right. It's a it's a seven percent alcohol Litchfielder, so it's not bartender strength, but it isn't a twelve ounce can, so it goes good boat, uh, beach boating, and you know you don't want to put a full strength cocktail in a twelve ounce can. So it's more of a you know a beer strength, and um, it was a big. We did a a test launch last fall, just has the you know can season was kind of ending for the cocktails uh, in, in general and retail. And we sold out pretty much right away. So um, we uh, regrouped and we've bought some uh, new equipment to make the process go uh, smoother and, and all that. So we're ramped up to be re-releasing by May 1st for the uh, both the Litchfielder uh, and the uh, the Spike Lemonade, which is our, our vodka honey and a little bit of blueberry for flavor. Yeah, a little bit of blueberry. Very interesting. I like so, that. You know, people who are interested, they can keep an eye on our Facebook page for when we post when we are going to be releasing them again or even on our email list. But we have people mm-hmm. coming in every day asking, when are you getting more of the cans? When are you guys making more of the cans? So soon. So our, our, our cocktails were uh, developed in, in uh, with Dimitri. How do you say his last name? Zagara Harris. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dimitri uh, started the Connecticut Bartenders Guild. Uh, he's a... a you know, nationally recognized uh, mixologist, worked uh, with some of the big brands and won some of the big brand competitions and cocktails. And he works for us full time, just developing cocktails with our bars and, and restaurants and helping with their, their drink lists. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's like, awesome. Yeah, I mean, because I, I know a lot of people that, I mean, I've been a bourbon drinker as long as I've been able to buy yeah. booze <laughs> legally. And, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people like have to try bourbon kind of like in something yeah. before they can start getting like a yeah. hold of it on yeah. its own. It's the best way to really start. I know some people, when you first start trying bourbon, everyone assumes that you have to drink it neat. And I have a friend, I gave her a bottle of ours and she was like, I, I really wanted to like it. I'm trying. I was like, well, how are you drinking? She's like, aren't you supposed to drink it neat? I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. I'm like, try it with some ice. You can mix it with this. You can mix it with that. And then she did that. She fell in love with it, and she's like, this is great. And now she's slowly coming more and more accustomed to drinking bourbon. She's growing on It's growing on her. I get bourbon like the steak mentality. Like, everyone likes to, like, crap on people who put A1 on their steak. Yeah. It's like, but if it's, if it's how you like your steak, then you put A1 on your steak. It's yeah. not, if you like your bourbon cold, you drink it cold. Well, we were we were just talking about that the other day with, with Tony Vengrove, who, d- who does our branding for us and is you know, responsible for all this great packaging and, and our logo work and all that stuff. But I was saying, you know, you know, we're not whiskey snobs here. You work really hard for your money. You spend it on our product. You drink it any way you want. Right. So if you want to put Coca-Cola on it, that's fine. If that's the way you enjoy it, don't let anybody tell you how to enjoy yeah. uh, what you drink. That's what I tell people is that there is no wrong way to drink a bourbon except for the way that makes you not happy. You should put it on a shirt. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Let's feel logo on the front. <laughs> Naomi Colt in the back. <laughs> you, should, you get a side business doing those. Get the penny teas outside. I'll talk to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a beautiful tasting room. Or tasting room? Yeah, that's what we call it. Living room? room? Yeah. I mean, it's got yeah. a very living room feel. Well, that's exactly the theme we went for. We didn't want it to be a bar where we line just people up and just, you know, give them a couple quick tastings and see you later. We want them to come in and feel like they visited us at our home, at our living room, because we're here probably more than we're at home, at least when we're awake. 
and uh, you know, it's like a you know an open floor plan dining room living room. I say you get like the, the dining room tables type type yeah. things, and then you do have like the high rise tables, but you got the yeah. the couches, we, you got artwork everywhere, the, the homey feeling shelving yeah. with the decor and the, you know the old fashioned bottles and decorative plates and things like that. It definitely feels yeah. kind of like like a country living room. We had to start adding in the more of like the high rise tables on the side. We on the weekends we get quite packed here, and you can only add so many more chairs to these <laughs> tables. Mm-hmm. And we were having there have been times where we've had people like standing around their friends, like trying to get their tasting. So we're like, we we need some more tables here we need some more seating seating room i think my favorite part of the t- of the whole tasting room is that window behind you yeah you get to look into the distillery yeah, you can see what's that's, happening yeah well that's, that that high top right by that big window is the is the most go-to high top uh, here it's where i would say <laughs> yeah i mean it's just especially like if you come in here on a weekday you know yeah. better chance of catching you guys doing what you're doing you on a daily basis us working yeah and i mean that's a, you know i mean you do the tour and all that type of stuff you know but it's always nice to see people in in the element right yeah. yeah well we tell you know we you know we publish that we're open you know almost seven days a week and do tours on the hour during kind of normal hours but we tell people if our cars if there's a car in the parking lot come on in so uh we're we're, we're open and you know we might be in the middle of transferring some ash or you know uh, uh ending a distillation run or something but so you might have to wait a few minutes and watch us do something whatever we're doing and then we'll give you as much time as we have between <laughs> the next task we have to do so mm-hmm. it's kind of an open door policy yeah i had a tour today that i got them started i got right to the still and it was up it was getting ready to be discharged so i apologized to them look like look i need to discharge and recharge still they were great they had the best time they were just standing back watching me <laughs> going like oh look at what she's doing she's 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 hosing this down she's pumping it out and i was describing it but they actually got to see me discharge and recharge the still and i had some more people come out for the tour that there was about a 15 minute delay and they were just like ecstatic about it they were so happy to actually get to see it that they didn't mind the little wait well kyle loves it he, as he said it reminds him of something from willy wonka <laughs> that's probably said it. I, I did <laughs> i think willy wonka is the most heard thing that i when people see our still yeah. willy wonka that's what it looks like jules burn um it reminds uh, me of the machine that breaks out the bad. everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> That's what the, it reminds me of that machine. Yeah, mm. it's cool stuff to work with. You know, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a great environment. Uh, people love seeing it. You know, we we've just kind of come used to become used to it. But when people have never been in a distillery, you know, it's it's a little more uh, going on than a, than, a, than a winery or brewery, which are wonderful to visit. We I visit a lot on my own, but you know, the distillation just takes the process to a whole nother level. Well, it's a whole nother level of patience. <laughs> I mean, outside of just making it alone, then you look at your base product as, as three years. Yeah. I mean, this, this industry is a lesson in patience that if you don't have patience, a distillery is not for you. It's You need to be able to sit there and almost do nothing and wait for your product to get better. And if you can't do that, it's going to be rough for you. Well, and sometimes, I mean, I know when we went on the, the little tour, you showed us some of the experimental barrels you guys work with and... That, I mean, like you said, the patients, you can spend how, however many years working yeah. on an experiment, yeah. and then you open it up, and it's like, not even close. Yeah. Or home run. I mean, it could work either way, but like you said, patience is... The waiting's the hardest part. Yeah. And uh, and it's fun to experiment. If if we weren't going to always be releasing new things and trying new things, it, you know, it would get even more, more of a, uh, you know, less, uh, maybe a little more... Um, Dy- less dynamic. I'm trying to find the right <laughs> words there, but uh, yeah. So, and you don't sometimes know your results for years and years out. I mean, you have a pretty good idea 
uh, you know, we've done enough things where we haven't really made any real uh, things that were, some things we're not going to bring to market for one reason or another, but they're, they're all, you can drink them all. Right. <laughs> now, you said earlier that you, in a previous life, were a coffee guy. Uh, well, my, my family business was a Crystal Rock Bottle Water Company. Okay. So, uh, me and my brothers um, and uh, ran Crystal Rock. My grandfather started that in 1914. So, uh, since we were kids, we been in, grew up in a beverage business. Uh, and uh, that business grew and did very well, which allowed us to uh, branch out into some other things. So, uh, Crystal Rock also was a, you know an office delivery service and had a coffee service that went along with the water service. So we've been working with roasters for about 40 something years. So we know we know the coffee industry and and we thought we'd marry the the, the two uh, the two products. It's a little little tricky. Uh, it's one of the trickier ones to pull off because coffees have a lot of oils and non-solubles that once you marry it with alcohol, they kind of uh, resist coming together. So we have a kind of our own uh, protected process to get that to come out as nice and shiny and tasteful. Tasteful. It's, it's, it's definitely bourbon up front. You're, you know, you're gonna on the aroma. You're gonna get some nice coffee notes. You taste it and you go, well, where's the coffee? And then all of a sudden, bam, the coffee finish is really strong, which is a, a nice. And that's kind of the way we like our flavors to evolve and not just like hit you in the face and it's a big maple. Our maple, you're gonna. It's an overtone that you're going to find you know not just get hit with it well it's a you know like i I've, like i said i've drank bourbon for a long time and these guys know they've seen me drink bourbon i'm not really a flavored bourbon person yeah, yeah. but i like your guys' stuff because it's it's good on the nose and yeah. then like you said it packs the punch at the end yeah but the middle it's bourbon bourbon it's yeah. good it's real it, flavor yeah. it's not, not like too these, much extra right it's not these yeah. like it's not like you take a sip and you just your mouth's coated in yeah. sweet maple syrup and then you get like a mini burn at the end. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's the bourbon. I forgot I was drinking that. <laughs> um, we get we get a lot of, you know, uh, experienced bourbon drinkers on our tours. And when we get to the flavor section of, of the tasting, uh, they go, no, no, I don't do flavors. And I, if we can convince them to try our flavors, they'll probably walk out of here with a bottle of it. So it's it's a, you know, we're, we're it's not the same as some of the other ones out in the market. It's a, I'm not a huge bourbon drinker, but the vanilla one I've had, and that one I liked a lot. That's yeah. usually like the yeah. I'd say the easiest way to ease people into the flavor because I always tell people vanilla is kind of a natural flavor of bourbon from like the oak wood in which you're aging. Mm. You get vanillin, which gives you vanilla-like flavor. So I was like, it's like a more enhanced bourbon. And the way you guys do it, it's not overpowering where it's just like a bunch of vanilla extract yeah. put and in bourbon. Yeah. Right. We tell them it's subtle. It's no extra sweetness. And once they try that and they realize like, oh, this flavor is really good they're like i wonder what the other flavors are going to be like and then we've got them from there so when did litchfield distillery open its doors we bought the building in june of 2014 we were distilling by december of 2014 so there was a uh, a lot of renovation that had to go on the building was a mess and mm-hmm. um, you know we you never know it looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> this room that we're sitting in was just, you know, metal studs, cinder block walls, wires hanging down, broken ductwork. No so, uh, yeah, we totally gutted it and start over. That room, the, the main distilling room, and we screwed that whole ceiling up ourselves. We tore out the old ceiling, put that ceiling, we tore out the cement floor. There was an excavator in the middle of that room in 2014. We pulled out all the cement floors. Put in trench drains, repitched the floor. So we brought a six-inch main across 202 to put a sprinkler system in. So it was, you know, a six-month uh, 
uh, sprint to get to where our stills were going to show up and we'd be ready to receive them. You know, they're nice. They're beautiful. Our, our main still is a, a Mueller still from Germany, that, you know, one of the best stills in the world. Um, we were lucky to have that. Yeah, I remember, I remember when my, because uh, you guys, um, like I said, I've been working in the industry, so I have dealt with like, the company in Connecticut you guys distribute through and whatnot. Um, Slocum and, and Sons? Yep. yep. And uh, I remember when the salesman for that company, Rob, uh, brought it in for the first time, and he said it to me. He's like, "Oh, it's a Connecticut bourbon," because like I was in charge of, like the, the the dark spirit section, mm-hmm. and I was like, "All right." I was like, and "I'm like, is it a gimmick? Like, is it you know like because mm-hmm. sometimes the local made stuff comes out and it's gimmicky, especially in the spirits world." And he's like, "He's like, no, nah. he's like, it's really good. It's like you're gonna like it." So he he poured it up and we he scheduled a tasting for it, and it's it's been high flying in, in that store mm-hmm. ever since. It's, it's we've definitely gotten good. real traction. I think we're in, you know, over a thousand points of sales in Connecticut for between bars, restaurants, and retails, and we're just starting to get traction in the surrounding states. Uh, we've shipped uh, to Chicago. Uh, we're going to target some key cocktail cities uh, that appreciate good craft spirits, and uh, yeah. So it's it's you know we're lucky to have gotten an established brand now that has real repeat business. It's just not not one time novelty buyers it's people that you know were, yeah. were the brand yeah it's, it's very good stuff i noticed on one of the runner tables over there you got a lot of medals on some bottles yeah Wanna we talk about some awards uh we we targeted uh uh the san francisco uh um uh, San, yeah san francisco spirit competition international spirit competition in the new york so we have uh, one major uh on each coast that we thought were really prestigious competitions. And, um, yeah, you know, you send your bottles out and you cross your fingers and you wait and wait and wait to see uh, see how, what the judges thought of your products. And when you start winning medals and we've won du- double golds, we've won gold, silvers, and bronzes, uh, you know, it's gratifying. It, it, the consumer does appreciate those things, so it's, it's good to have uh, some of those accolades. And, um, you know, it... We're just grateful to be appreciated. Yeah, I mean, the product speaks for itself. I'd give it a double gold. Thank you. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what a double gold is. Exactly. <laughs> I've never. You been good got with, it. I've never been good with the awards part of it. I mean, I've done a lot of research on spirits and yeah. beer in my time, both from the show and in the industry. I've never understood what the double gold means. It's like Have extra you? medium. No. <laughs> no. I think it has to be like a unanimous decision in order to get a double gold. So you know, right. wine does points right. which everyone understands you know zero to 100 i think that's the way they do it for the medals and based on how many points you fall into a category of bronze silver or gold double gold obviously has that higher expectation but it's something i think that needs to be a unanimous decision amongst the judges that if we're giving this a double gold we all have to like it so if there's one person on that panel who goes i don't know you're not gonna get it it's a gold it's just you mean still just the gold and gold is good, but it's how you, you mean can just get the gold. <laughs> it's right, how who you is get it? Where do they live? I'm gonna bring it to their house and make them give me double gold. <laughs> so any any plans for any sort of line expansion or facility expansion in the near or far future? Anything that's yeah, our you know we have about 700 something bottle uh, barrels uh, aging now, mm. and uh, as you can see, we're starting to look for places to put them. So we, we are. Just starting to lay out a brick house, a barrel house that will attach to this building with a corridor. 
just going, we're just in the planning stages. We're talking to wetlands, make sure, uh, you know, all that'll be in compliance and those things. So, you know, it's probably a, a two year out project. We, you know, maybe break ground in a year. Uh, and that taking the barrels out of our existing space, which is 15,000 square feet, it's not a small space. Right. You know, it's a lot bigger on the inside than it is on the outside yeah. from people. <laughs> reaction when they pull up so once we can take the barrel inventory segregate that out in a proper rickhouse uh then we have more room to set up you know uh more bottling lines and and uh perhaps a canning line and and uh right now we use mobile canning which is a great phenomenon a lot of the craft breweries uh we use Ironheart mobile canning they're the best in the country and they come in set up a canning line and we can for a day or two and uh build up some inventory so uh, we'll see how that evolves. So we, you know, we know we're going to need more floor space. We have, again, you saw some products in R and D. Uh, which one of those will end up, you know, as a as a consumer product? We'll 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 see how it evolves. And then, I believe, name was something fifty three gallons per barrel, right? Yes, those are like the standard. I think that's about the standard size yeah, of the barrel. Many how many bottles do you get out of a out of Ooh, one barrel? Depending on like proof and age and yeah. all that, about so we'll, we'll, we'll go with your we'll so go with your standard two, three two to three hundred per barrel. Two to three hundred yeah. depends on the angel share. Depends on the proof it went in at. Mm -hmm. Depends on how much evaporation there was, which is called the angel share, right? Which could be fifteen, twenty, twenty five percent, and it depends on what proof you're going to bottle it at. So those things. So that's why she said that big number between two hundred and three hundred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And normally, you know, two twenty-five to two fifty in there. And then, what was I say? Uh, I was trying to think. I had something on my head. <laughs> oh, I like. I think my favorite thing about your guys is, I don't want to say like the line, but like the overall marketing and and the way you guys like, kind of make the customers feel, like kind of like in that involved aspect. And Naomi was showing us. When we were doing the the labeling part portion of the tour, you guys do the the signature on every bottle with the yes. batch number, or the bottle number, <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's one of those things. I mean, it's definitely not a new thing right. in the industry, but when you, especially when you consider it being a local product, and even if you guys have, you know, like you said, been branching out to surrounding states, like if someone in Rhode Island's buying Litchfield Distillery Bourbon, that's still local. Yeah, yes. you know that's yeah. that's not local because it's in the state. It's local because it's close by. Whereas buying something from Kentucky, you know, that's different. Mm -hmm. But that's like a that's like a real nice touch, especially when it's it's not printed on there. You know, a lot of companies will, you know, yeah. they just type it I, on, print yeah, out the label, make type. it look like it was handwritten. I, I right. can attest it's it's handwritten. Which <laughs> <laughs> the carpal tunnel uh, speaks for it. It does. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a nice way to sort of assure for quality, but I think it also helps us keep our batches small, which means a higher quality product because. <laughs> You know, when we're doing our bottling run, once you start getting up to number like 500, 500 up to 600, you you start feeling it in your hand. And yeah. if we had to do 2,000 bottles runs, which we've done once or twice, <laughs> you have to start switching out who's doing the hands-on signing. But it gives it a nice little touch because at the end of the day, it lets us do a little inspection, make sure quality control, make sure it looks okay. And that's not even counting the hand dipping because you guys hand, hand dip dipped. every bottle yeah. in wax, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, we can run the bottling line you know with with a couple people if if that's all we have that day or it runs really nice with like four people and you know uh we're all hands on deck uh, unless there's something else somebody actually has to do but when we bottle it's a bottling day everybody shows up and 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 uh, pitches in so it's it's kind of a fun team effort every time we bottle now we talked a little bit earlier about the the R&D is this no I'm assuming this isn't your first run at some experimental stuff 
have you is there anything you can tell us that you've made before that you know might not obviously didn't make it to the market but something that would turned out really good something that maybe one day might be a yeah i a mean well, well, well those will end up being like one-offs for for uh, a retailer that would like to have something unique in their shop and we'll say well we we you know we have a we have a, a single mall we don't have enough to launch a whole product line of single malt, but it, you know there's four yes. barrels, and 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 they may taste those barrels and say, "Wow, this is extraordinary," and, and run with it. We're doing some uh, bourbon finished in rum barrels. We're doing bourbon finished in honey barrels, and we have a weeded bourbon, a weeded a bourbon, different. which is you know our bourbon is seventy uh, percent corn, twenty five percent rye, five percent barley. Uh, this would have the the rye swapped out for wheat, which is you know Maker's Mark is considered a weeded bourbon. We're considered a high rye bourbon. So, uh, yeah, there's those one-offs in the bourbon thing. We've played with cream liqueurs. Um, the maple cream. The maple cream liqueur. still working on it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's another tricky one. And, and you know, you, you need to be able to concentrate on that one and, and uh, you know, prove the shelf life because there's, a, you know, the dairy involved in the liquor and stuff. So, you know, that's an R&D. Uh, the, the gins, the finishing, uh, the barrel finished gins, uh, we decided to do, start out with a series of three barrel finished gins, the first year we released the gin finished in one of our used bourbon barrels, which sold out pretty quickly. Yeah. The one that three. we're the one we, <laughs> and the one we're about to release is a gin finished in a barrel that has two woods to it. It has the traditional oak wood and an acacia, which is I guess like a locust wood. So the, that's that gives it a unique, uh, more floral uh flavor from from the acacia. So this year will be the oak acacia. And the following year will be 100% acacia. So it was a series of three barrel experiments that we will have enough to release as a you know part of our product line, as a limited edition. Nice. Yeah, that really good. Do you guys team up with any Connecticut breweries? Yeah, we you know we we've experimented with breweries. Mm -hmm. We we've done some um, uh, distilling for um, Black Hog. Black Hog uh, Bad Sons, we've uh, talked to uh, uh, Derby, done a little bit of a test uh, with them. So um, the you know the the trick is creating a product that uh, we can can be consistent with that that works for both of our companies. That uh, you know then when you're doing something kind of out of the norm. You're, uh, you have to submit formulas to the federal government. You have to get, then submit a label based on that formula approval. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, a good year lag time of, you know, oh, let's do this to being able to bring it to market. Um, you know, we haven't decided to go full blast with uh, any of it, and neither, neither have they, but we're having fun playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them, they use, like, our bourbon barrels. We yeah, have like a good right. partnership with a lot of the breweries that they take them once we're done, and they've been doing like a bourbon barreled stout mm -hmm. in them, and they're all excellent. Everything every, you they usually bring by samples, and they go really fast. Yeah, I know all about those. <laughs> <laughs> those are fantastic. So, want to get to the hands-on experience, but I noticed there's some bottles over there <laughs> with some pours. Yes. All <laughs> um, right, let's line up some glasses here. Best way to learn is to taste. <laughs> we'll start out with that, our first bottling of the uh, three-year 92 proof bourbon. So this is our straight bourbon whiskey. It's going to be three years old. It's 92 proof, and it's made with our 95% Connecticut grown grain. So 70% Connecticut corn, 25% Connecticut rye, and 
That last 5% is a little bit of a malted barley from New York. Now, I know when we were doing the tour, you had said that the, the one, the traditional Litchfield bourbon you're going to find on the shelves in retail stores still is the two and a half, right? Two and a half, 86. Right. And that, you know, it should be worked through in the you know next couple of weeks or so. And then so everything, the everything we're shipping, our next shipment will be all three-year-old 92 proof bourbon. Okay. Right. So the uh, the two and a half year old uh, did really well, and uh, now that we've developed enough stock of the uh, the older bourbons, we're going to start moving that uh, bottom age up, which is now going to be three years for up. Did I miss somebody? That was the poor I can't talk and pour at the same time. <laughs> now, just a disclaimer: uh, this jo- fine gentleman in the light blue hat. And the the lady at the end of the table, they're not dark spirit drinkers, so don't be offended by any faces they make. <laughs> oh yes, we're all twenty one oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have water, so you can. I always tell try it straight first, but if you need to, you can always add a splash of water to yours. If you do, I recommend pouring to the cap yeah. and drop by drop. Not if you want to ride home. Start out with you know if you're not used to drinking high proof spirits of any type, start out with tiny sips. When we do barrel tastings, which is at a very high proof out there, we, we say start with three tiny sips. The first sip is shock. The next sips acclimate. The third sips enjoy. So if you're, if, you're, if you're not used to the high proof, you really need to acclimate your palate. And as soon as you, you know, your, your palate gets the, the alcohol and the bourbon flavors, it'll start to develop the receptors for that, you know, enzymes and Cut, cut. He just said three small sips. He just Come knock it back. back. <laughs> or three small shots. <laughs> Either way, you'll be drinking it. <laughs> so what'd you think, Kyle? It was good. Can you give me any notes? I can't. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. I'm here to listen. <laughs> well, what comes to mind when you have it? Like any memories, any sense? Uh, memories, no. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing bad. That's a good sign. <laughs> I, I like. I, I definitely get the the rye portfolio yeah, on it, and yeah. that's what I'm a I'm a big fan of. I mean, yeah. if I'm drinking, the only the bourbon cocktail I like the most is the Manhattan. Yeah, and that rye bourbons are yeah perfect for that. And I've had Manhattans with this. I've had them with the vanilla. And I've actually I m- tried doing an experiment at home, making a breakfast Manhattan, and I used the coffee. And it, the first one turned <laughs> out absolutely atrocious. But after some tweaking and, you know, four or five of them. Well, let's try the vanilla. So the next one we have is our vanilla bourbon. Its age is about two years old. It's 86 proof. And the way we do this is when we take the bourbon out of the barrel, we add a small amount of a Madagascar vanilla extract, and then each and every bottle has an individual vanilla bean put inside it that stays in the bottle to help develop some additional vanilla flavors. And it's it's very unique too that you know we, we talked about obviously you guys get the bourbon the more bourbon non flavor drinkers that come in here and you get you finally get them to try one they usually leave with a bottle but it's nice too because you said eighty six proof yeah usually anytime you find a flavored bourbon it starts dipping out of the normal. I mean, flavored really anything. I mean, that goes for almost the whole world of spirits. But right. to be able to keep that proof yeah. and have the flavor to it really kind of helps yeah. keep yeah. it from being too sweet. Yeah, a lot of the flavored bourbons are down in the 70 proof range. Right. Yeah. And some, sometimes they even get into 60s. Yeah. And We're not making any sacrifices here for this. We want to make sure it's a good product. Right. Bourbon first, flavor second. Right. So it warms you up right in the belly. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. 
my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Three tiny gulps. <laughs> Pack it back. That's how you gotta do. Rita, I know you don't have a mic down there, but did you try the vanilla yet? Not yet. All right, we're gonna think it. I think she's gonna <laughs> like this one. Yeah, that one's really. Smooth. She's gonna leave here yeah. wasted. <laughs> it's uh, again, you know, we have people sipping here at the table. We have people just shooting it back. And again, drink it any way you want to drink it. You know, we 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 say the three sips to start out, just so you can get your palate acclimated. And then they get the next one. They oh, do we have to do that? No, you're on your own now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I usually tell people it's a good idea when they do that because. The acclimation of like by taking it, it sort of rinses out the previous flavors. So as you're going through to other flavors, you know, otherwise everything's just going to carry through. And suddenly, like, well, this one still tastes like coffee. And it's like, well, if you take another sip, it's not going to taste like coffee anymore. Right. I didn't leave a face for this one. <laughs> Good here. <laughs> All right, I think we found. I think we found Kyle's bourbon of choice. We the call the vanilla our gateway drug. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> very addicted to things like that. That was like what? the what? <laughs> that was that was that that came out not the way you meant it to. I Kyle. had a sauce moment. Get over it. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the vanilla. Like I mean, I'm not I'm not a big flavored bourbon person, but the, the vanilla is just like you get like you, say, you get the vanilla on the nose and the vanilla aftertaste, yep. the, the finish on it, but it doesn't. All right, next one up is the maple bourbon. And the, the longer story on this is we had a, a gentleman, Dave Acker, from um, Maplecraft Maple Products come in and ask if he could have some or buy some of our used bourbon barrels to age maple syrup in it and see how that would come out. So he created a great product, and we actually have him private label for us. Uh, and We sell a lot of bourbon barrel finished maple syrup here. So once he's done with the barrels, they come back to Litchfield Distillery, still sticky inside with maple, and we put the bourbon, a two-year bourbon back in it for another six months and rinse out the rest of the, uh, absorb the rest of the uh, maple flavors. So again, just, just a hint of the maple, and we do get maple notes anyway in bourbons, and this just brings that forward, a little bit of sweetness from the maple sugar and the, and the sap. So it's a, uh, it's one of my favorites, it's probably... Um, so the, the flavor line that you chose for for bourbon, whether it was on purpose or by coincidence, none of them are any obscure flavors that you don't already get from right bourbons. Right, you know, it's not like you came yeah. in and it was like we're going to make a sriracha bourbon. Yeah, you know, like you, you came in yeah. and you you it's picked like a craft brewery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. you came, you picked. Bur- I mean, like because I've had bourbons that weren't coffee flavored, but you get you sometimes you get yeah, that espresso note, no, right? Or yep. you get the yeah. the you know the cinnamon and stuff. All like that. All the flavors are in harmony with the natural bourbon flavors, and and some of those come from the mash bill and our distilling. A lot of flavors in bourbons come from the barrels, as Naomi probably showed you when you did the walk around. Bourbon barrels are charred on the inside, and normally a bourbon, you know, you can buy barrels in different levels of chars. The threes and the fours are generally used in the whiskey industry. The deeper, darker chars obviously get smoky wood flavors, but you also caramelize the sugars and the saps of the wood. You pick up the vanillas, the cinnamons, the coffee, all those things from the whiskey working in and out of the char dissolving the caramelized sugars. So all those notes that are already there are enhanced with the flavors that we chose. Now, what was the the maple syrup place you said you get your barrels? Uh, Ma- Maplecraft. He's uh, down in uh, Sandy Hook, Newtown, and he gets sir- uh, syrup from all over New England. 
uh, and uh, he has a great product line you can find in Big Y and a lot of other stores around. Let the syrup, you guys have syrup here, right? Yeah, so he, he does that for us. So he has it in his brand, mm-hmm. and, and he and we asked him to package it in bottles, our bottles, so it's part of our product line with our label on it. So we, uh, we're, we're involved in business-wise now as well, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to developing other maple products with him. So he's got a, he's got a great brand, and he uh, helped us develop our our uh, Litchfield maple syrup brand as well. Well, pancakes. Yeah, Just that's what right every, everybody asks for the pancakes or the French toast when you start <laughs> tasting the maple stuff. Well, see, because for me, when it comes to like the breakfast foods that require syrup, I'm not a heavy syrup person. Mm. This isn't heavy syrup. Until you get to this syrup. (laughs) When you get to to this syrup, you... It's it's a full-bodied syrup, for sure. Um, I think you start trying to find make pancakes just to justify the consumption of the syrup. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a huge seller for us. We sell thousands of bottles of maple syrup here. Wow. And uh, we've... uh, you know, it's a big, big, uh, big seller for us, and you know, it makes a great gift. Uh, not everybody's uh, looking to, uh, you know, they can give it with our maple bourbon. It's a nice companion to buying one of our bottles as a. It's gift. definitely a unique gift. I mean, it's a ma- you know maple syrup purchased yeah. from a distillery, you know, and and it kind of goes back to that consumer thing where it's it hits to the consumer where like you're incorporating the whole line of your product yeah. into the your consumer base. Yeah. So, you know, the people that don't, you know, normally shop maple syrup or maybe are the Aunt Jemima consumers, <laughs> yeah. you know, they get a chance, they come here and they taste this and they're like, oh, this is really good. And then like, this is the syrup that, you know, is a yeah. the product of this. And it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Usually, get usually we taste it at the end of our tastings. We tell people if they behave, they get dessert. So <laughs> that's, that's a little tasting of the maple syrup and that, that hooks them. And then I, I'm generally not a maple person, but I like this one. Yeah. Like I said, very subtle. Machine, haven't haven't hit it yet. No, haven't hit it yet. Are you nervous? No, I was <laughs> listening and paying attention. Well, Red Baron, and you haven't, you don't have a mic, but what what have you thought of these? Well, much like the Riddler, I enjoy bourbon, but I, he is much more articulate than I am in, in <laughs> any instance. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the maple a lot. Uh, it's not not too sweet. It's not like like syrupy. Like sometimes you have something that's flavored like that, and it's just like it's. Overbearing. It's very smooth, very tasty. Uh, I'd like to buy a couple bottles to take home. <laughs> <laughs> Keep experimenting. I feel like I'm interviewing somebody right now. <laughs> well, I, mean, I am, but want to move on to the coffee bourbon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be Kyle's rough point. Kyle's not a big bourbon fan. He's not a big coffee fan. I actually hate coffee. Two negatives make a positive. I've had people who don't like bourbon and don't like coffee, but they love this product. Somehow, the combination of both of them together just it's math. Two negatives make a positive. Well, the, the, there you go. That's what coffee. it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I found like the coffee taste I get from this, and you know, I, I don't want to dive into it too much because you guys are going to explain some of it. But I kind of get more like a cold brew coffee it, it taste is a from cold, it. Cold brew. Yeah. Oh, all right. There we go. <laughs> good, good, good coffee uh, tasting there. So part of it was when we were doing the R and D on this, we were trying all different methods of coffee, and I think I mentioned to you, to Jack, uh, you know, we should try cold brew. So it was definitely very popular at the time. I mean, everyone's doing, like, drinking cold brew. It's popping up in more and more of the stores. So we found a local Connecticut roaster. Um, we've zero, zero profit out of Washington, Connecticut. Yeah. So we source the beans from them. We bring it here. We have a giant vat that we cold brew probably 20, 25 gallons yep. at a batch. 
and we use that to proof and flavor our bourbon. So when we take the bourbon out of the barrel, it's still at that high cask strength, around like 122 or so. We use the coffee to bring it down to the bottle strength of about 86. And so this way, the coffee is flavoring and proofing the bourbon, and the bourbon is helping to little dilute the coffee down a little bit better. So it's a nice blend of both. I love it. More, more bourbon up front, big, long coffee finish. And mm-hmm. again, we don't put any sugar in any, we don't put any added sugar in any of our products. So it's it's a black cold brew coffee, uh, which is, I drink my coffees black, so this is perfect for me. Um, and people are using it in uh, espresso martinis, uh, after dinner drink. I uh, usually use mine to make like a white Russian instead. Oh, man. It's <laughs> I never even thought of that. <laughs> I use I use our vodka and the coffee bourbon together with a little bit of cream. And if I want it a little sweeter, then I put the maple syrup in. And you really only need one of those. It's a stronger, less sweet Go bourbon. right to bed. I pretty much uh, drink bourbon, <laughs> scotch, whiskey, and beer. But like if I'm not drinking that, it's usually the like a black Russian. So you put them together, and because it's bourbon and vodka, it's like a cold war. It works out wonderful. It's a delicious drink. <laughs> cold brew war. Oh my god, I never even thought of this. Screw the Kahlua. Oh man. All right, we got a whole new world. We got to. <laughs> this is. We're all about being creative here. Yeah. Oh man, I never even thought of that. This is this has been insightful. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Souls. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Good quality. Coffee, not tea. It's we better than we make. What I thought, but <laughs> I still wouldn't get it. I'm sorry. It's just not what I <laughs> want. No, no, you could put the bourbon in your tea, though. You know, that could work. That's, maybe. That's why we have 14 flavors. <laughs> you would like the. We'll, we'll have to get you a bottle of one of the, the fruit vodkas. You would like those. I, I tried the blueberry and the apple. They're very good. Very good. They just smell like. The blueberry, I don't know how to describe it. Like, if if Apple Jacks made a blueberry version, that's what it smelled like. All right. So, blueberry jacks. It smells like you're in a blueberry patch. Yeah. Like, you're just standing out there, ready to do, like, to pick your own, and it's just that lovely aroma. Yep. Is like all the fruit outside. from Connecticut? It's all uh, Connecticut fruit, uh, March Farms, uh, Evergreen Farms in, Water- in Watertown, uh uh, we've used uh, Ox Hollow for Ox Hollow for some strawberries. So yeah, we we work with the local uh, farmers and uh, they uh, supply us with great base of flavor. And basically, the way we make our flavored vodkas, you know, we don't buy a flavor extract that right. is going to be the the, the the whole thing. We take we buy fruit and we put it back in the still with our vodka and redistill it. We heat it up, agitate it for 24 hours at about 130 degrees, basically dissolves the fruit, and then we redistill it and pick up some of the flavor esters from the fruit. That's why it tastes like fresh fruit, because it was. I love our fruit-flavored vodkas. They, I personally think that they are far better than what you can find out. I think most people, when you encounter a flavored vodka, we were discussing this earlier, yeah. are scared. We think back to all those dark times in college, all that vodka that we've had, and that was always the thing to buy because it was cheap. It was, and it was you didn't need much of a mixer to go with it. Yeah. And yet compared to our flavored vodkas, it's night and day. You're like, this is what it should have tasted like. I this used to is... drink rubbing alcohol <laughs> with like, food coloring. Was like, what was I doing these past few years? What did I do to my liver? But our fruit-flavored vodkas, once you try them, you get over that fear. You realize that they're different. It's the real fruit to give it flavor, and I think they stand apart because of that. 
Now, I I noticed the flavor, all of them, except for the peach laying around. Is the peach, are we out of peach? Yeah, uh, well, uh, we, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we, we basically sell out of everything. We, we have some reserves that we'll re-release, uh, but uh, right now, we, we're not... Uh, we have some to do tastings here, and you can find some of those uh, flavored vodkas out at your local retailer. Just just call them, and, and we, we might be able to ship some bottles to them if they don't already have some. So because it, the bulk of it sells out like right away, we try to hold some back so that we'll have some in residual for, for uh, releasing uh, again. So uh, we're not selling the flavored vodkas here right now, but you can probably find it at your local retailer. Not to plug, but I know that the Connecticut <coughs> Beverage Mart line, they have everything you guys carry in yeah. stock. Great. I service yeah. all of them for yeah. the, for my the distribution job I have. Yeah. And I know I know the Middletown location actually still has some of the barrel aged gin because yeah. yeah. they bought in quite a few cases of it. Yeah. They brought in they brought it in a bottle yeah. at a time, and it wasn't lasting more than twenty four hours. Yeah, it's it's important to us to work with our retailers and and just not hold back. You know stuff here that can only be gotten here, which you know is kind of the business model for for other types of things. But you know we want you to support your local retailer. We'd love you to come visit us here, buy a bottle here, try it here. Uh, but then you know shop at your local retailer because they're really the bread and butter of our business. And right. and you know it's important that we make sure that they have the product they need for their consumers even before we do it for ourselves. Any questions, Kyle? No. <laughs> <laughs> Machine? Well, that's, you mentioned like you don't want to keep like exclusive things here, which is interesting because we see that with like breweries. Well, yeah. yeah. They, they like but pride they also, on that and it's it's the most annoying thing. But it doesn't, you know, for them to make an experimental series, it it's, doesn't, it's, diff- yeah. but I mean, it's much quicker. Like, um, yeah, it's, you know, I didn't mean, you know, and, and I know the breweries do that and yeah. it, it is a different business model and they have different reasons for doing it and, and, and beers have shelf lives now yeah. where, where spirits don't. So we can, you know, it's, it's a different, uh, different concept, but uh, you know, and I think you know some retailers may wish they could get some of those special things. But you know, the breweries, you know, they need people coming to their facilities yeah. to to, to uh, support them there. And you know, obviously, you get a higher margin on direct sales to a consumer walking through the door. So you know, I understand both models. It's just you know, just for us and trying to get our product out in as many stores as we want. If they felt that we were hoarding something special and not giving to them. Uh, you know that's not a fair partnership for our for our style mm-hmm. of business. It, it, you know I understand it for the brewery side and even the winery side. So, you know they they have a really great vintage, but not a whole bunch of it. They can't give it to every store anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you know the concept works both ways. I understand it both ways. And a lot of it too, like you know, you look at like New England brewing. They just don't have the facility to can at the capacity to, oh, yeah. to distribute. Yeah. You know, whereas and with like the shelf life stuff, like you'd mentioned, whereas like the spirits. You know, you you buy you buy a little extra, and if it, if it you know, if you can keep it in your back room until you're ready to put it back out on the shelf mm-hmm. again. Yeah, right. Beers doesn't have that right that mentality, but right. I'm a big fan of the line. I hope you guys did. You guys like it? I did. Did you like the coffee? I did. I mean, again, not a huge coffee guy. But Rebecca, did you like the coffee? It wasn't too. She's a coffee person. Yeah, and it's got caffeine, so you could drink all night. <laughs> right in the morning, <laughs> on the way to work, just knock back a double. <laughs> Black Russians. So for you lunch. you can't add uh, legally. You can't add caffeine to distilled spirits unless it's part of a natural thing like right. coffee. So it does. Uh, 
It does work that way. Thanks, Four Loco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there was other things I used to do, too. Ugh. I don't know how people got away with that stuff. So, make sure you're, you know, you're checking out your retailers. Litchfield Distillery. Can't miss the bottle. We were talking about it earlier. It's, I love that you guys do the same bottle for everything. Yeah. Even if it's just for the convenience of the, the <laughs> bottling right, portion right. of it, it's just it looks uniform. Yeah. It's nice when you look right. at a shelf and you see, you know, you know, most retailers will keep all the products together because right. it's you know it's not like there's sixty bourbons. Yeah. And so it, they look nice all like lined up like that with the the hand dipped wax. Did, did Naomi show you how we made the logo actually uh, came to be? No. Yeah, let me, uh, well, you can see that picture over there. Uh, James McCoy was our, our first head distiller, as we talked about a little bit earlier. He has a master's in brewing and distilling from Harriet Watt University in Scotland. And uh, we uh, were working with our branding guy, Tony Vengrove, at Miles Finch Innovation in New Milford. Took a bunch of pictures of James rolling barrels in the distillery, and uh, Tony took that and, and created our logo with it. So it's one of us on the label. Who is it? Pretty cool. James McCoy. Oh, it is James McCoy. Okay. Yeah. I missed that part, cool. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys on social media? Uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah. I think there's an Instagram. There, there's well. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our Facebook. Uh, you know, it, it, there's it, a Twitter okay. out there. Like us on Facebook. It is, a, it is a big deal to be liked on Facebook, and we really appreciate that. And you will be able to see if we're doing any of those special releases that you can find at your local stores or if we're having events. So we do a, a lot of nonprofit events here. We're not an event space for hire. Uh, a couple times a month, uh, we have the Waterbury Symphony coming up on the 30th of this month, which is already sold out. Uh, we did it for them last year. We've had Shakespeare here. We let environmental groups come here uh, and just use our facility to uh, create an atmosphere where they can draw some people in and raise some money. You guys ever do food trucks? Uh, Litchfield is not a food truck town. So, really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a thing in Connecticut. Yeah. Just yeah, no, it's it's you know it's governed by local zoning, and you know, and we've talked about it, you know, and we can go to zoning and say, hey, you know, why don't we put uh, food trucks in, you know, in the in the zoning regs so that we can uh, provide that. We have some great local restaurants, and we really yeah. enjoy people coming here, tasting our spirits, and sending them out to our local restaurants. Well, I guess too for for a distillery, a food truck's not really as much of a. It's, it's not the same. Like, yeah, I mean, like a food truck for a brewery really serves a purpose, and it's for sobering up. Right. Whereas for <laughs> distilleries, you mentioned, what, two-ounce pours, yeah, right? We're allowed yeah. to serve two ounces two per ounce. person per day, right. which is, you know, a full-size drink. Right. Yeah. But you're not, yeah, yeah exactly. you're not you slamming know, our, them down, you yeah, know. Our parking lot holds, like, 50 cars. If we had food trucks out there, you know, we wouldn't be, you know, people coming and going and letting other people get in and all Just that stuff. Just got to get a Weber charcoal grill out there. Yeah. Start grilling yeah. bratwurst. <laughs> Catch them on the way out. <laughs> yeah. I would come for the Broadwurst and the, the yeah. <laughs> So Lit Litchfield has become a destination. Uh, we're, we're a big part of the destination. And, again, there's lots of great shops uh, uh, down to, uh, uptown Litchfield, they call it. Bantam has got some great shops. we got Arethusa, the, uh, the dairy shop, their five-star restaurant, their uh, coffee bakery shop, Bantam Bread, the market, uh, all the great stores uptown, the the corner, the village, Bohemian Pizza, West Street Grill. I mean, there's a ton of great restaurants up here. It's a really nice uh, day trip for anybody in Connecticut. And we get visitors from all over the country that are visiting their families out here. So it's, it's a nice part of the state to be in. It's you know, a very scenic drive from any which way you come from. It is. Um, yes, it is. I'm sure it's very... Like get out of Waterbury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure it's very, I'm sure it's very gorgeous around here when the foliage comes. 
we we it's definitely like a tourist destination that people come to i mean we have the leaf peepers and i know connecticut i think we get them like a little bit earlier or a little bit later but we have we're definitely one of the destination stops that a lot of the towns here rely on that heavy traffic and new england honestly has some of the best fall foliage that you can really see yeah it's true i didn't even know what this was until i was eight we came here and everyone was like, "Oh my God, the fall's coming!" I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I know. What does what does that what does that mean? Like, yeah, it's different when you don't grow up around here. When you grow up around here, you're like, okay, it's just the seasons changing, the leaves they go up, rake. they go down. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I have to rake the leaves, or your parents rake, and you're like, I'm gonna jump in the pile. Yeah, I grew up in Florida, so like it was like, oh, the fall's coming, great. Now it's gonna be hot and dark. <laughs> like, like, uh, but we no, it's leafer who, season here. We uh, we 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 love to have them and. Uh, and show off the spectacular colors that happen in this area of the world. Well, make sure you follow them on all their social media outlets. We'll share all that information as well. Yeah, absolutely. Our social medias, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, whatever uh, address, you know, for visits and all that. You want to taste the maple syrup before you go? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can say no. Well, thanks for coming. It's uh, really nice to meet you guys and uh, oh, yeah. We, yeah, thank in person, you. Thank and uh, we're uh, we're grateful for all the exposure that uh, you'll you'll bring to your audience. And uh, come back anytime, and hope to visit you down at the studio. Yeah, and well, we definitely um, you know we like to link up with uh, the the places that we visit. Um, we've been to Blackhawk yep, and a yep. couple other breweries, and, and we like to post you know events that they got going on. So you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, promote activities and things you guys got going on. It'd definitely be things that we'd like to come up here for. Great. Kyle, you like maple syrup? I do. (laughs) So this is how we usually end our tastings, is with a little shot of the bourbon-barreled maple syrup. Uh, It's sort of everyone's favorite. said bourbon, and Kyle's head kicked right. Wait a minute. I thought this was just syrup. Uh, There's no alcohol in the syrup, but it was put into our bourbon barrels for about four to six months to pick up a little flavor left behind. Three sipsels. <laughs> it smells really good. Yeah. Don't shoot it down. <laughs> Start choking. <laughs> oh, man. This is the best maple syrup I've ever had in my life. You're not the first person to say that. I've lived in Vermont for a year. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is like light years better. This is what the bourbon barrel does to it. It's what our barrels do to it. They give it that extra little bit of flavor. It's not too sweet, and it gives it a nice little extra thickness to it. I'm 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 really liking what he's got going on there. <laughs> is this like the extended dessert? This, yeah, is. this is the finale. The when, nightcap uh, dessert. If there's a you know maple syrup's very sticky and there's a little bit of it left in your cup, we like to rinse it out with a little a little bit of our uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> There's a whole new meaning to nightcap. <laughs> Getting every last sip. <laughs> Kendall's going to take the glass with him, sit in the car, and just <laughs> keep licking, licking it. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, make sure you follow them on social media. Follow us on social media. Uh, hashtag GSWD. Yeah. Sports with Drunk. Litchfield Distillery. We look forward to doing stuff in the future with you guys. Coming down for events. That'd be great. Um, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule. We know this is a, a 24-7 business. 
You know, Naomi was like on her way home. <laughs> yeah. the, the, we, we opened the door as she was getting ready to leave. She's like, so if you, you were two minutes later. <laughs> what and, are you guys uh, doing here? It's <laughs> funny because we like kind of joked about that on the way up. I, <laughs> like, I drove alone. It would be terrible if they were like closed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so thank you again so much for having us on. Yeah, thank um, you. Make sure you come up and check out their tasting room. Take the, the tour. I believe you said the tours are... Basically, on the, right? on the hour during the weekends, we're, you know, we're busy and we try to stay on the hour schedule, which most people know we're doing. Uh, but, you know, it's hit and miss during the week. We're here. You're always welcome to come in. Uh, you might have to wait a few minutes for us to finish up something in the, in the distillery and be able to give you a tour in between doing other things. So, uh, but that's, people find that fun. As Naomi said, it's, a, you know, it's an experience. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, I, you probably notice the place is pretty clean here. Uh, and people say, do you guys really distill here? We distill here five days a week. We're here at, you know, 6, 6.30 in the morning, starting the mash and uh, moving things around, getting the stills heated up. So if there's cars here, come on in. Excellent merch section as well. Yep, we Apparel, got, we got uh, syrup, glasses. Oh, we got some hats, some whiskey shirts, rocks, yep. bourbon, flasks. Um, yeah, Bloody Mary mix and some locally made soy candles as well. Notice that you guys also have amazing. the best Manhattan cherries on the planet. Yeah, Luxardo's. Yeah. You know, Slocum is a, a Luxardo distributor. Yeah. I think they're the importer for Luxardo. Yeah, I hate cherries, yeah. but I'll eat those. Those <laughs> are so good. Yeah, they're they're not the the bright red cherries. No, they're those deep, aren't like the, yeah. dark, like you your know, ice cream maraschino cherry type things. Those are. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I'm not a cherry person. Someone's like, just put the syrup in. Yeah. You don't have to do the cherry, but put some of the syrup in. I'm like, it's not going to make a difference. They're like, yeah, it's yeah. going to make a difference. Yeah. It makes <laughs> such a difference. Yeah. We sell a t- ton of cherries here. And we have a local Bloody Mary mix, uh, Wallingfield Farm from Washington, Connecticut, an organic uh, tomato farm. And uh, you know, when they don't have shelf-perfect tomatoes, they make some Bloody Mary mix out of it. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah, come up and check it out. They've got Great merch, great apparel with their, their cool logo on it. Yeah. I know. Machine's been eyeing some things. The merchandise always gets me. <laughs> Every time he goes to a brewery, distillery, anything like that, it's it's a, it's a $24 bar tab with an $80 <laughs> merchandising tab. Every time. <laughs> but well, I, it's like, uh, I said, this is the best shirt I have in my whole closet. <laughs> <laughs> we have some really nice, uh, you know, everything from a, you, you know your regular T-shirt to some really nice work, heavy-duty work shirts that we wear here in the distillery, uh, some Bill's khaki shirts that are rebranded for us, and uh, some nice fleece pullovers, uh, some black hoodies. Those are really, uh, really popular now. I like the wood boxes, too, the gift, gift set boxes. Yeah, and we can even customize those. If you have a special occasion, uh, we can brand, uh, you know, a laser in, uh, you know, congratulations or happy anniversary or, you know, good luck or whatever you want on your... Uh, so we're doing more and more customizing on flasks, gift boxes, really nice wooden gift boxes with tasting glasses in them uh, so we're, we're trying to uh you know be a real service besides just the product yeah, well, like i said check them out yeah it's definitely worth the drive from anywhere you are um like i said they're very hospitable here on the hour come in if there's a car except past six he's <laughs> got places to be <laughs> melissa might be getting dinner you might have to go visit us at one of the local great restaurants <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah uh so Stay tuned in to the the PPRN network for all kinds of great exclusive content like this. Um, this will be, I don't know when this is airing. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, when they're listening to it, they're going to be asking, well, it's airing now. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be back here soon doing some more social media stuff, and we look forward to it. Jack and Naomi, thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank Thanks you. Thanks for visiting, thank guys. You. Thanks for coming by.
And uh, we'll be back soon. Great. Yeah.